Hey yo, welcome to the Sports Ethos Kingscast. It's daily. The guests for this episode need no introduction, but I'm going to give them one anyways. They are some of the hardest workers in the room. They do everything from podcasting to radio to analyzing to announcing and more. You can see them on the pregame live and postgame live shows for the Sacramento Kings games. Enjoy your conversation with Deuce and Bo. Let's do this. Um, you guys are at media day and you guys are watching the practices or you guys are allowed like at the end of practice, right? And you're listening to all these interviews. I feel like last year there was this vibe where it was so much, it was fun. Um, there was this feeling of hope and Mike Brown's giving us all these quotables. He's roaring like a lion. And then this year, this media day was totally different. There was like this eerie tone of, of they were serious. It looks like they had a focus. Um, can you talk about how different it is this year? You know, it's funny. I don't know that was that different. You know, media day last year was definitely a, a little more exciting because new coaching staff, a lot of new players. Um, I did feel like, hey, this is a team that's about business. Like they, they, I feel like they've got a good balance too. Like they enjoy the wins. They still have like the, the defensive player of the game chain. They celebrate these moments and highlight these things. But I think they all understand like, hey, if we're going to take a step, we have to approach this in a way that's businesslike and ready to improve if we're going to compete in the West. Yeah, I, I felt like last year was was more it's it's more fun being like, hey, fresh new start, you know, new school year uh, expectations, good basketball. Right. Where it's like, oh, they they got all their a's on their report card yeah, last yeah. year so now how do they expand off that and grow off that and get the a pluses this year so then yeah when coming in to this media day there was a little bit more of like um i think the understanding word, and structure i don't know to me now i was thinking about it confidence yeah i think they're they they believe they're a really good team and that's from the front office to the coaching staff yeah. to the players and not suggesting they're perfect or they're ready to maybe win a championship this year, but they are, they have a confidence that they can go in and win a game every night in the NBA. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a um, testimony to Mike Brown and it's not only X's and O's it's empowering your players. So, which he's done an incredible job. So um, let's talk about last night's game. You couldn't ask for a better opener yeah. than that. <laughs> And I'm so glad they won because it saves us 48 hours of overreactions if they lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't. You didn't want to overreact for 48 hours. That's not what. <laughs> well, you... I mean, we overreacted in a positive way. <laughs> That's of true. Of course, we had a few people last night in the in the spaces talking about a championship, which is totally fine with me. Yeah. But you know, what improvements on defense did you notice? Oh man, I think <laughs> I, I was actually going back this morning and watching some of it back. It's a lot of the stuff I saw in the preseason, especially from the starting group, man. There was one possession where Fox gets switched on the market and, and Fox becomes more aggressive. He's into his back. He's swiping at the ball, playing physical with him, making him work. Same thing with Keegan. Mm -hmm. Morgan, We I played you that highlight this morning. Yeah. It was just beautiful. Collins coming off a handoff from Kessler wants to drive he spins to try to get a shot over keegan and keegan absolutely swallowed him up keegan on the perimeter i just feel like the defensive engagement is a lot better they're playing physical they're more focused i like myself something matt barnes and i discussed last night was 
um, the, the effort and yes. it's the, the second and third and the fourth effort that's coming along, right? Like there's no giving up. It doesn't matter if they're out of place in help, they're recovering to contest the shot or to make life more difficult or to finish off the defensive play, uh, possession. And those things matter so much. And I think even when someone screws up, you're seeing a lot more trust in knowing that they have someone else that's going to clean it up for them. And, and if is, not, it gets addressed right away. Like in the third yes. quarter with Herder, like Mike was quick to call a timeout and go, what are we doing here? And There's got to be communication. And that's that's the way you have to go about things. And to, the fact that we're seeing that in game one is just super exciting. Exactly. And I love that the starters are making the opponents feel more uncomfortable. Um, but then let's talk about the bench, like JaVale oh, McGee. Oh, my goodness. Just the fact that he's deterring shots. He doesn't have to record blocks <laughs> on the box score. Just the yeah. fact that he's there, I think, is super huge. Um, he's deflecting passes. And then, you know, everybody said Sasha's going to be a street cone. <laughs> when it comes to defense, he's way more mobile than yeah. people think. I saw him deflecting passes, um, and everybody just seems to be putting their body uh, on whoever they're guarding. Yeah, I was encouraged by the bench last night. You know, McGee made me laugh because it was a classic JaVale McGee moment. It was after the Monk dunk. He comes back and blocks. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Was it Walker Kessler? I or someone who, on the but jazz. it was a nice block. And then he was taunting him when he could have turned around and blocked another shot. He, he was in that position, but it was just funny. Um, I love what McGee brought. Good energy. Um, you know, Sasha, to your point, I, they're going to they're gonna target him defensively. Uh -huh. Like, that's just the reality. They target Herder. They target Barnes sometimes. But if you could play some good defense and be in the right spots, that matters. And last night, I saw that from Sasha a couple of times where – Hey, he may not be able to stay with someone, especially some tough matches. But last night, you had to switch on to Colin Sexton. He deflected the ball. I, I told Deuce, like, there's certain guys right now that I think all of us have these magnifying glasses on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it's it's like when there is a flaw, and I I do it too. Like, even with Sasha, when there is a defensive flaw, I'm like, oh, I'm like cringing when really he's doing other things well. And it's just about looking at the big picture. And the big picture on the screen is sometimes not looking at where the ball is. It's looking at where he is on the floor. Where are his hands? Is he active? Is he yeah. in a stance? And um, those are things you're seeing that he is understanding. I think just going along with the bench play that we were talking about, it's it's exciting to see depth right away. Like it's not taking a hit when you see these starters come off. Obviously things are going to change when you don't have the fastest player on the floor. You don't have Domas that you run so much out of, but there's other guys just, just picking it up from where they left off. Malik Monk bringing that energy. It's, um, I like what we're seeing from the bench. You mentioned the pace. I was listening to David Locke last night on his podcast. He's the radio voice of the Jazz. He mentioned he got a note from Jazz PR that the Kings offense is just as fast fast with Davion Mitchell out there. And <laughs> it's a credit to Davion, who I that's another guy I noticed last night. You look at the box score and you're like, oh, okay, he didn't score. I think he had four assists, played 13 minutes. He was pushing the pace. And I thought last year there was a problem. He adjusted. Mm -hmm. Brown was constantly waving him. He wasn't always quick with his decision-making. And I noticed he was zipping passes around last night. Yeah. He, I, I liked how he played off the bench. And we all know that there are players out there in the league where what they do doesn't show up in the box score at all. The Josh Hart's, the Bruce Brown's, it's like, it doesn't matter. They do so much that we don't see, right? Right. And I'm glad you guys talked about the bench. Um, 
we didn't even see Colby. Uh, we didn't see Lynn. Uh, we didn't see, and then of course Trey was injured or he was out. Is this bench play sustainable? Yeah, I mean, I just think the rotation's going to obviously change, just like any bench rotation. It's it's interesting because now when Trey gets back, what's that mean for Sasha? Mm-hmm. Or does Sasha do enough while Trey's out to kind of secure a spot for now? How do they figure that out? Do we see Lyles at small ball five, or do they keep rolling with McGee? Colby, I know you liked what you saw from Colby Morgan. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got in in garbage time last night. Yeah. I would love to see him, but you can only play so many guys. I just think... As far as it being sustainable, I think it, it can be because the, the guys that they have on the bench this year, high IQ, and they could do a lot of things well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we didn't even really talk about Chris Duarte and yeah, like what exactly. he had to offer yeah, off yeah. the bench. And yeah, that's why there's like so many names, so much depth. And um, it's a it's a good problem to have. And, and something that we don't see is like in practice why it's a good problem to have because Mike Brown's going to see moments from Colby Jones that we're not going to see that he's like, okay, he's the next point guard that I want to go to. And that's why like when Davion has a game where he goes, where he's not scoring any points, I know there's going to be so many people that just look at a box score and go, that's bad, but he is doing other things on the floor and he is such an elite on-ball defender. He can keep himself out there. And the Kings don't need Davion to score. No. You know what I mean? They need him to knock down an open shot in a catch-and-shoot situations and play aggressive for sure. But they just have so many options. When you're playing with Malik Monk out there, Sasha's out there, you've got guys who can get buckets off the bench. Yeah, the geometry of the floor is going to be insane uh, considering JaVale's a vertical threat. We've all talked about that and how everyone can shoot from the perimeter. Um, And then I think one of the best things about the bench is the fact that De'Aaron and DeMontis, Keegan, they're going to be like playing roughly just over 30 minutes. And I think that's going to be great for the long run. Yeah, I am curious to see how the minutes are distributed throughout the season. I'm looking at last night's box score. Fox played just under 33, Sabonis 32, Barnes 33. I love that. You know, I, I want them, especially during a regular season, to be aware of those numbers because you don't want to get to the playoffs again and have guys look kind of worn down. But that's and but that's it, you guys. It's, that's why that's why Mike Brown conditions his team all season long it's not about like oh don't play them because they need rest resting can sometimes do damage to your body to your conditioning to uh your habits the way that you you keep going in a long season and i i think they have such a fantastic training staff um even you know in between games when they're still doing weights and footwork and all these other things they what why they stayed if you want to call it healthy and i'm doing air quotes for everyone why they stayed so healthy last year is because they were able to not only like put some dirt on it make sure to fight through some of these injuries but you're when you stop and go stop and go with anything in life think about when you do that with working out like if you if you were lifting you know, bench pressing 220 and you stop for two weeks. I do about three. Yeah, I knew right? too. So I was going to say yeah. something stupid. And then, <laughs> and then you come back two weeks later and you try to go back to 220. It's like, no, you built a 220. Mm. You can't start at 220 again. And I, I think also worth noting last night, I mentioned the minutes. Well, they also won that game by a large amount. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. you know, if, you know, they're playing close games the next couple of games against Golden State and the Lakers. You know, I'm not going to be surprised if Sabonis is playing 37. Minutes. And they're not 38 year. They're not LeBron James. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're not 30 something years old where they're all needing to rest their legs and have a whole bunch of postseason mileage on them. 
And Mel, you pretty much summed up uh, an article that Pete the Trainer posted like oh. this summer about load management and how there's a whole idea in, in scientifically backed on how players need to play to manage the load as they go further. So there's always that, uh, depending I'm, on. I'm a trainer at it. heart. <laughs> I, I think it's a case by case thing. I mean, I'm LeBron's a great example. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, they're trying to manage his minutes. He's going to play around 30 minutes a night to start the season yeah well the guy's 39 years old or it whatever has it has so, so much many mileage yes. on it, you know like you got to be smart with it and they're trying to think big picture but yeah i'm in general i'm with i'm totally with you guys yeah not only that uh all players are built differently not yeah. everyone's an iron man like harrison barnes and i think some oh. players are more fragile right yeah agreed agreed exactly um so what about the offense what t- tweaks did you see from last season well i i think the the biggest one is just Keegan's ability oh, to do more. My God. I mean, we saw the preseason in summer league again last night, man. And there was one play. He had Clarkson on a drove, got him, hit the brakes, little jab step. He missed the jumper. It didn't matter to me. It was the fact that he made the move. Yeah. He's driving on John Collins. He's going right, left, finishing, and one. Just that development internally from him is going to make life easier for the Kings offense in a major way, making him a bigger threat, but a threat that actually can um, be efficient with the way that he is scoring and going to the basket, collapsing defenses, allowing other guys to be a little bit more open. I think the other thing that we saw with the jazz is just atrocious zone defense. (laughs) Like that was foul. Okay. And the way that there were so many open gaps, I'm like, uh, fifth graders could break that zone at times and being i'm That's obviously hilarious. exaggerating you know what though the kings did not do a good job breaking the zone last they, year they didn't do a good no last yeah. year and that's why even last night i'm saying you yeah. really saw it last night with the jazz and they were attacking the gaps and then like when sabonis would uh get it in the middle and someone would come up on him harrison barnes would be in the dunker spot and make sure that he was doing a nice little flex cut and getting a reverse layup like they were just being so smart with their game on the offensive end and, and um, everything was every cut, every pass, everything was done with a purpose. And the other thing about the offense this year that you could tell right away, these guys just know each other. Yes. I mean, Sabonis is, uh, he's showing off his passing ability and he, you could tell he's taking some more chances. There was one play last night that was just beautiful. Herder misses a three Sabonis offensive rebound Sabonis without hesitation fires a behind the back pass. Oh, yeah. To Barnes for a three. I'm like, that's just knowing where guys are. That's just knowing your personnel, yep. getting that type of chemistry. And, and you know, the continuity helps in, in a big way. And people forget about that. They just want to look at the moves that we made and they feel like, oh, Monty McNair didn't do much, but he did a lot. And, and yeah, continuity matters, especially if you look at uh, the FIBA World Cup that happened. Those teams all played with each other and look what happened. Um, so even though we had a good win, last night you know mike brown's gonna nitpick this game to death in the video room (laughs) yeah what do you think he's gonna focus on for practice today i think a couple of things one it's just being locked in defensively you know he's made it a point like hey we're not finishing 25th or 26th yeah and so he's calling out everything and there were some issues in that third quarter where herder got blown by a few times there was miscommunication sometimes in transition that stuff has to be cleaned up. Harrison Barnes mentioned on the post game show uh, 
like we, cause I asked him about defense and I was like, you know, you guys been harping on D like, how do you guys think you did game one? And he's like, we can't allow 114 points. Yeah. You know, and I thought it was funny cause I'm like, well, it is the new NBA, but there are other things that they were feeling and noticing of like, it wasn't e too easy of 114 points yeah. for this Utah jazz team. And I like that mentality. I think, um, coach Brown will definitely be harping on like some of those moments, those defensive uh, moments for this King squad last night. And that's how you get yeah. better. You pinpoint, you look at the details and you make sure everyone understands this is where your foot should have been. This is where your hand should have been. This is what, you know, like the technical stuff, all those things matter. Yeah. No ball watching some of the transition stuff. I thought rebounding wise, I thought they did. Okay. I think, you know, they get killed on sometimes is just these long rebounds, like these weird bounces. So I'm curious to see what kind of adjustments they can make from that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good thing about this staff and these players is like, it's it's really that quote I love. Don't accept in victory what Ooh. you wouldn't accept in defeat. So yeah. I expect them to kind of have that mindset. Yeah, I love it. I think with Mike Brown, no stones are going to be unturned. Um, you guys have some time left a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, how excited are you about Colby Jones? Like by the end of the season, what's the best case scenario for him? I, Deuce. I'm, you know, I'm excited. Um, best case scenario. Th that's not okay. Uh, here's here's <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, know you're rooted in reality. I, I totally get it, but reality. Okay. Yeah. Reality is something has to happen to other players for him to to get the minutes that that on the floor and you don't like mean just injury you mean like hey someone's got to be thank you if someone has to be bad it doesn't just have to be health it doesn't just have to be due to injury it has to be someone isn't playing the way that they should be playing anymore so colby gets his minutes and he gets to show like yeah. i feel like trey lyles kind of got that and then he got to show off more of what he is but deuce otherwise that I, or there has to be a trade or it's going to be injury. Like you that know, is the way that guys like Colby end up fairness, getting those NBA minutes. Mike did say that one thing is, you know, he likes to play nine, 10 guys ideally, but throughout a season, he wants to keep guys engaged and he he'll go to Colby Jones on a random Tuesday night, just out of the blue. Sure. And if he makes the most out of those minutes, he's going to be out there. I mean, long-term I'm super excited about Colby. Agreed. I just think, High IQ. He plays the right way. Doesn't seem rattled. Sets up his teammates. Strong feel for the game. Good size. I mean, I, I think this could go down as a massive steal by Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox. No, it could. I just think. Massive. Well, I mean, look, if he turns out to be a good player for you, let's just say his upside in the next couple of years is starter slash high-end bench player. Well, guess what? You got him in the second round sure. and he makes 2 million a year. Yeah. For like the next 4 years. Um I you know obviously Monty has a type and it's it's these type of players and I I really am excited about Colby and you know I think he can get some minutes this year. I he's one of those guys that if you put him out there he's he can force his way and and he's going to make the most like you said. He has so much poise. It's kind of yeah. like watching Keegan last year where it's like, "Dang, why does he look like a 3-year vet?" Yeah. And uh no, so we you we were all at that um, summer league game, right in in yeah. Vegas, and then we were watching him, and, and it's like I'm watching him, and I'm like, dang, this guy kind of has that KCP Bruce Brown Josh Hart type of thing going on. 
So I don't know. I, I feel like at the end of the year, and let's just say we're going to be stupid and, and reckless and say, um, yeah, we're in the finals. I could see him doing getting some Christian Brown minutes, right? Like remember yeah. Christian Brown last year? I love that. We're- <laughs> I, you, but you, that's what we would love to see. Like yeah. that would be ultimately like what a success, right? But I think the Kings are good. I mean, if we're going crazy here, I don't know what it is. I think the Kings are going to make a trade before the deadline that would probably clear up some minutes for him. Okay. That's my prediction. So we'll save that for a later. Yeah. Exactly. A later session. Um, Really quick. And like I said, Morgan, I know you're rooted in reality, but but let's be reckless. Let's be delusional (laughs) homers. Let's just say the Kings win the chip, they win the world championship in June. Wait, the in-season tournament championship? No, no. no. The NBA finals at Larry O'Brien. Late June, there's a parade in J Street. Mm. Um, What would have to happen this year to get them there? And we're not going to wish injuries on any major stars in in the Western Conference uh, and the Eastern Conference. What would they have to do? And and Um, already, there's already a blueprint. Like Miami last year went on a generational shooting run. But I actually think in, in some ways uh, we're more talented than that team in, in some ways. Right? We don't have the BAM out of bio and, and so on. But what would okay. have to happen? You, obvious, I think the obvious answer is your defense has to be – I'm going to say for this team, I think for like a, a team like the Denver Nuggets, they showed that they could be middle of the pack. But that's because they also have Jokic, and Jokic is unstoppable. Yeah. So for the Kings, here you go. Here you go. They have to be top 10 defense and top five offense, and everyone has to stay healthy. How's that for you? Does that make you feel better? <laughs> yes. I would, I would clickbait, say, clickbait heaven right here. So I would say, like, the other thing with Denver, too, is like that was a regular season. I think they got better defensively in the playoffs, which that's what good teams do. They sure. ramp it up. Sacramento showed better defense sure. in the playoffs against the Warriors. You know, I think last year, Denver just has better defensive players. Aaron Gordon's ability uh, to defend KCP, Bruce Brown last year. They had a lot of guys to throw out there um, that helped out. Uh, To Moran's point, I I think you just have to take a dramatic jump defensively, maybe a higher jump than anyone could imagine. And then in addition to that, Keegan establishes himself as like one of the stars of the team. In the league? On the team. No, it's like, and I'm not talking like 16 points tonight. I'm like, oh no, Keegan's averaging like 22 and seven or yeah. something like that. I like your guys's um, dream world. I yeah, think it's good. that'd be fun. Yeah, you never know. You got to put it out there for things to happen. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All right, so we're at the end of the show. We always do the segment uh, with our guests. Um, we're totally biting another podcast that does uh, start bench cut. And I, I feel okay. like cut is really brutal. So in this case, uh, Morgan, we're going to go with start bench Europe. Okay. <laughs> I like um, it. Okay. No, seriously. We got to be okay. respectful. Nafisa Collier. And by the way, this is from Naima, my, my co-host over Ooh. at the Beam Unit. Okay. Um, Nafisa Collier, Jewel Lloyd, Oof. and Alyssa Thomas. Good luck. And just because I'm forced and I hate being forced to do anything, we're going to go Lloyd start. Uh, Collier bench, and then just go Thomas Europe. And like me saying that, and if anyone's mad, I'm for, I'm like literally forced right now to do this. So, um, and that's but, a tough one. And that's really tough. But I I I obviously I love Jewel Lloyd. 
Deuce has her in the arm bar right now, if you guys aren't watching. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. All right, for you, Deuce, you know we have to go wrestling. Let's go. As always. Um, and I assume you're still watching AEW, both brands, right? You know, when the season starts, it's harder for me to keep up with everything, but I definitely am on Squared Circle Reddit. I am watching recaps, maybe listening to podcasts when I have time. But yes, right. okay. I, 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 have a, I have a good idea of what's happening. Exactly. Uh, start bench G League. Um, Christian Cage, MJF, LA Knight. Oh, um, MJF start. I mean, this guy good is job. young, good job, franchise player, good on the mic, outstanding in the ring. He makes even the simplest of moves feel special. He is the perfect superstar sports entertainer. Yep, they got um, double clothesline over. Like they got that. I mean, he got a that was amazing. He got a simple body slam over. Okay, these are moves that used to have meaning, and he gets the crowd into it. I don't care. I've had. I feel like lately he's had some gimmicky things on the mic. I think he's struggled in the transition to babyface, but that's just a minor critique. He's still young. His improv on the mic is amazing, just outstanding. I love what Christian Cage is doing right now. This is the best he's ever been. The guy is just evil, mentioning people's dead dads all the time oh my I god connect with uh he's he's got some darkness about him some swagger he's a legend but uh he's going to the g league Whoa. and la knight is on my bench yeah i like this under underdog story let me talk to you he wasn't supposed to be in this position and this wasn't mm. like oh he, he wasn't supposed to be in this position and now like he's he's doing okay like he's he's getting a good reaction this guy is so over. I was at SmackDown when his music hit. Crowd popped. He has iconic pops. Good. I'd, I'm not going to say great on the mic. Very good on the mic. In-ring stuff, not great. But guess what? The Rock wasn't that great either. I'm here to be entertained. And LA Knight's a great story. I love what he's brought to WWE. Exactly. And honestly, I just feel like pro wrestling in general is better when there is a top, top guy. Yep. Like Austin or The Rock. Um, there hasn't been that in like 20 years, I feel. Long I mean, time. you could say Cena, sure. But yeah, I have those feelings again where the wow. whole arena is going apeshit yeah. for one guy. WWE's hot right now. They're doing some great stuff. And it's going to get Will Ospreay. I mean, we might have to do a wrestling podcast. On yeah, I was like, I love that you guys did a whole breakdown. I just benched people, threw I mean, people to Europe and uh, started. I, sometimes, people. I got to be honest, sometimes I impress myself in my wrestling oh, breakdowns. Okay. You know, so Wait, I, I, did... I, is Will Ospreay did any news break or, or is he just no, a free agent, right? He's a he's a free agent. It sounds like all these companies want him. I feel like WWE's gonna get him. I think he's got man. We're I, not I, doing I, this, guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, well, next podcast. And no, seriously, <laughs> if we if you do have time, and I know you're super busy, especially yeah. with your new uh position and all that mid-year check-in. Yeah, if you have the time. Love it. Uh, love I would it. love yeah. to do that. Thank you again so much for this. Uh, we appreciate you and, and keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate yes. you, your spaces. Love it being another place for this community to go. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks, man.